Crossing Broadcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Amerigas. Our September giveaway is over. October, we'll see a new giveaway starting up very soon from the nation's number one propane provider, found locally at Home Depot and 7-Eleven, and found nationally at thousands of locations across the country. So a big thank you, as always, to our friends at Amerigas, as well as our friends at Tropicana Sports. If you go on to CrossingBroad.com and click on any of the Tropicana banner ads, you'll be able to enter daily and weekly contests where you pick a few games. It could be picking some MLB playoff games heads up. could be some basketball games as the NBA season is getting ready to start. And of course, maybe even picking some hockey. Who knows? Some of the prizes uh, have included meal vouchers at some of the various restaurants on the Tropicana complex, uh, as well as hotel rooms and suites there there's been a giveaway of the oceanfront suite so make sure you go check out the fine folks at tropicana sports all you have to do is go on to crossingbroad.com click on any of the tropicana sports banner ads and it will take you there there is no money down there's no sign up required it's just you picking some games putting in your email sit back enjoy and if you make it to the top of the leaderboard you can win some fabulous prizes thanks to our friends at tropicana sports on today's episode kevin kincaid and i the sixers beat writer for crossingbroad.com. We're going to be breaking down the Sixers' chances going forward. We're going to be talking about the entire league, some really interesting prop bets, some you know MVP odds, NBA championship odds, who can win the conference, who can win the division, all those things. So we'll be taking a, a wide lens. We'll be kind of covering you know some of the, the biggest news and notes that happened in the offseason and things that we see going forward for the NBA. So without further ado, let's get to it. The Sixers season is upon us, and for a preview of our team, our town, our 76ers, is uh, Crossing Broad's Sixers writer, Kevin Kincaid, who you can find on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Kevin, a lot of things to look forward to, a uh, a season of optimism, a season of hope. Will the guys let us down? Who knows? How are you feeling? uh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the flagship podcast again. And uh, I'm just glad we're getting a get back to real basketball here, because as much as uh, as much as I like the China games and the preseason, the meaningless preseason games, it'd be nice to have uh, some real film and stats and numbers to dig into, and some real quotes too, because they've just been saying the same damn thing over and over and over again. There's really nothing more you can ask at this point. Isn't that what most of the the NBA season ends up becoming anyway? It's the same quotes again and again with all the media availability. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure you would have liked to have gotten an answer to that, but you know, some people well, like to cut you off at media breakfast. So yeah, but you, you know, well, God forbid. You know, well, you know, another story for another time. Oh, we did tell it. We already talked we? about yeah. it. Yeah, we have the story. <laughs> okay. okay, it was another story for another podcast that was already recorded. But uh, yeah, no, I mean they did. They have media availability Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and. Uh, you know, I think I went to one of them just because I, you know, the Eagles were playing and it was the weekend and I had the day off or whatever. So, you know, how many times can you ask Ben Simmons, uh, you know, what what uh, goals have you set for yourself this year? And, uh, you know, is Boston and Philly a rivalry or <laughs> what can this team achieve this year? Are you going to take a jump shot? I don't, you know, there's really nothing else. You can ask until we actually get to the damn games, which are uh, tomorrow or today if you're listening on Tuesday. So, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just excited for them to get into it. You know, it's gonna be a long, another long season. It feels like we just finished the last one. To recap the uh, the first four games of the preseason, the only four games of the pre- of the uh, preseason. It's important to keep in mind that Markel Fultz made one three, and uh, depending on who you follow on Sixers Twitter, you would 
you know, this is either means that he's fully back and you are uh, riding the emotional high of that one three pointer made, or you're a realist and you say that's quasi alarming that he's only made one, but you know, at least he's willing to shoot it. I guess that's the, uh, the half, the glass half full version of this, but is that where we're going to do to start with Markel then and kind of what he has to do to be, to be successful this year? Like, doesn't that like, honestly, it's what most of, I think the, the season kind of hangs on, you know, it was announced on Monday morning, um, that, you know, Markel Fultz is going to be starting at shooting guard over JJ Redick. Mm-hmm. It had been reported a week earlier that, you know, the Sixers were contemplating toying with the line that, um, you know, having JJ Redick come in to start the second halves of second halves of games, but you know, Markel being the starter. And as of right now, uh, the most up to date, I think, over under for wins for the season is is heavily influenced by you know what we can. I don't know what Vegas thinks that we can expect from Fultz. Right now, the over-under is 54.5 regular season wins for the Sixers. That's uh, Sugar House. Currently has it at 54.5. And And I I don't know, man. I I feel like so much of this season really is going to be, you know, set up by by can can Fultz replace the productivity that Marco Bellinelli provided? I would think yes, across the board. Maybe not the three-point shooting, but you have to think that he's going to be a net positive over what Bellinelli would have been. And so... Yeah, I think a lot of it has to hinge on this, but you're down there all the time. So, you know, what's the the general feeling around the team? And, and do you think Mark Hill's going to rebound? Yeah, I mean, it's positive. I think I think they are, uh, you know, I think the Sixers can go as far as, as far as they want to. You know, Joel Embiid is, can, <laughs> can easily be the best player in the Eastern Conference this year if he wants to be and if he stays healthy. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, ben Simmons, you know, we see the the – adjustment for him maybe the improvement in his game in year number two uh is not shooting the ball but it's posting up and it's getting mismatches and it's learning how to play off the ball or in a, or in a dual you know ball handling role with Markel on the floor and with the way that they're calling fouls so far this preseason with the restriction of movement and they're, they're whistling basically everything under the sun uh he's going to be able to post up a lot and sort of dig down and get get to the line a lot so maybe in turn, it's his off-the-ball, it's his post-up game that gets him to the line, which then in turn improves his shooting that way, which is something I didn't really think of. I think I think we thought he would he would get better by having more of the ball and taking shots, but he can add add to the game by you know by doing things in the high post and the low post. And for Markel, it's going to be you know to me Markel doesn't even have to take a bunch of three pointers and make a bunch of three pointers if he knocks down a couple of mid-range jump shots. You know, uses his uh, ability to create and drive and get to the rim. Um, I, I just need to see him be. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I need to see him be assertive. I guess you know, if he comes out against Boston in Game One and he goes two for ten, that's okay with me because I'm taking away that he tried ten shots. You know, now if he comes out and he goes one for two, uh, that's a problem. Uh, you know, because because to me it's not. It's about him being aggressive and seeking a shot and 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 stepping into the game and not not shying away from it. I mean, you saw in China he really wasn't he didn't really take too many shots in those China games. Um, so that's the thing; he's got to be part of it. I know when Brett Brown put him in last year, he played him as the second unit point guard, which forced the ball into his hands. Um, 
So it's going to be different this year playing with Ben off the ball. And, and you know, the starter thing to me, it, it, that really doesn't mean too much. I mean, it, that doesn't mean jack shit if we're being honest. I mean, it's it's more of an optics kind of thing. Like, oh, this guy's a starter. This guy's not a starter. It's about pairing him with Simmons and Embiid and seeing if he can play with those guys. Redick is still probably going to get more minutes or the same amount of minutes or even more minutes. Um, they're just going to backload him, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess the way that I'm looking at this is is pretty simple. Like, I think to your point, if he takes 10 shots, you know, it, it could be, a, you know, a, a net positive for the team going forward. But I think the thing that I'm looking more forward to in this Boston game is seeing if Fultz and his stature and his wingspan, the thing that the team I think really needed in that playoff series, if it translates well. You know, I, I think Boston's going to come out. There's obviously going to be a lot of hype around the return of Kyrie Irving and, of course, Gordon Hayward coming back. And, you know, the one thing that I said at the end of, of last season was you need to be able to have length on the wing. And it's the one thing that I think this team, more than anything, more than the fact that Ben Simmons, you know, wasn't willing to take jump shots in Boston, you know, game plan specifically around giving him space and, and kind of loading the paint, making Dario's life miserable, making Joel's life to some extent miserable. You know, when you look at Fultz with a 6'9 wingspan, if there's anybody who's supposed to be able to shut down a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown or get in the face, you know, even to some extent of, of a Kyrie Irving, you know, Fultz has to be that guy. So if, if he kind of, you know, comes out of this game and, I don't know, like, let's say he goes three for eight. You know, I'm going to be upset that he didn't take that many shots, but, like, do we care about, you know, what these field goal attempts are? Like, if it's eight, but, like, five of them are you know, spin moves that led to layups that got blocked at the rim. Like, I'm not going to be happy about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking that Simmons playing out of the, out of the high post. I think that's going to kind of open up a few spots. Maybe these are going to be off ball cuts um, baseline that, you know, lead to a couple layups for Markel to get him in the flow of the offense early. Maybe he takes a couple of baseline J's kind of like he did in the the final preseason game against uh, Dallas. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm. I think more than anything, I want to see if if his length is something that Brett Brown is able to utilize. Well, he's going to be a better mismatches. Yeah, you he's, know, he's yeah. I mean, he well, he, he can't be any worse of a de- defender than JJ Redick <laughs> at age 34. You know, <laughs> and if he is, then that's a problem. But I, you know, think about that unit: um, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, who's a, who's an excellent defender. I don't think people talk about Ben's defense enough, really, because everybody talks about Embiid and, Co- and Covington. You know, but. Ben is an excellent defender. Um, Which you never thought you would have said when he was coming out of LSU. Like, that was the knock on him, was the motor yeah. and, and his willingness to play defense. And mm-hmm. then here we were last year. I think that might have been, you know, beyond the fact that the team had so much success and Joel was able to stay healthy for the most part. I think, you know, Ben becoming this real, you know, defensive nightmare, a defensive, you know, matchup nightmare, offensive as well. But, we, you know, his, his motor was there, man. We may, and I'm not bullshitting this i i do think this to be true i'm not just doing a take um for for the sake of of doing a take but i i think we might be seeing the two best defensive teams in the nba play in the season opener i mean they're both of them were top three last year and i think the other team that was up there was utah did they finish in the top three in defensive rating I yeah, say. I think, yes. i think they they definitely did when gobert was in the lineup austin you was it Boston, Utah, Philly, I think finished one, two, three in defensive rating. Or I could be, I could be wrong. I believe, with that. I believe so. I know Gobert was but, the thing that that took uh, Utah from being like, let's say, tenth, I think, in the league, and yeah. then with him on the court, they were the number one defense. Yeah, because he missed so that, that big that chunk of time early in the season. Yeah, it, right? like it was kind of like hard to get a read on them. And Donovan Mitchell was not, also was not scoring the way he was at that point. So the Jazz were kind of not like on everybody's radar. 
uh, right off the bat. A lot of people are ra- ranking them very high <laughs> in their in their projections too, which I find interesting. But I'm just back, looking at anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Just, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. You got? Do you have it up there? Yeah, defensive rating. It was Utah, then Boston, Philly, San Antonio, Toronto, Portland, Houston, Miami, Oklahoma yeah. City, and Detroit. Okay, yeah, to round out the top right. ten. Detroit in the top ten. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah. But okay. Well, I mean, Andre Drummond, I think, would, had played pretty well for a good chunk of the season. But um, yeah, that was a team that had Sam Van Gundy on its last legs. I don't know, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think I think. Listen, that that unit. Um, the, who, who's the weakest defender on the Sixers starting unit right now? Is it Dario? It's probably Dario, Dario. Saric, you know? I think so, Dario by far. I don't even think that one's close, to be honest. Yeah, and he's still a, you know, I, I look at, you know, defensive rebounding and, and, you know, the way that he battles is part of all that, too. And I, I think he's pretty solid with that kind of stuff. Obviously, he's not somebody you want getting, you know, getting pulled out to the perimeter and, you know, having to having to switch on to a smaller guy. But, you know, it, it's just there's no unit that's that's perfect in the NBA. But I think that's that's going to carry him just as much as anything this year. I, I think I think the thing with, um, you know, with Ben and Markel is obviously, you know, obviously that's a big the biggest deal. I think everybody knows what Joel is, and he can be as dominant as he wants to be. I don't, I don't think it's Joel versus Al Horford or Aaron Baines or Jonas Valanciunas or any anybody else this year. I think it's Joel Embiid versus himself. Really, uh, you know, I think he can be as dominant as he wants to be. I don't. I don't need to see him sitting at the three point line throwing that pump fake every time he gets it. I don't need to see him getting the ball, you know, way out on the low block, like like five feet off the low block, and having to do too much work to get in there. Um, you know, if he locks in and stays focused, I mean, he could easily put up thirty points a game this year. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, I, I'm not. That's not. That's no. If you can stay healthy and an the fitness is up, I, I think so much of it does come down to the fitness, right? Like, I, and I think that's been kind of the knock on him. Yeah. You know, early early in his career, like if if he's able to play, I don't know. Do we go thirty? He played thirty four. Thir- I think he played thirty. No, I'm sorry. He played thirty in the playoffs. He played like thirty four minutes in the playoffs. But I think he he only yeah. had thirty point three minutes on average last year and he put up 22.9 and uh, I think 11 right yeah 11 flat so 23 and 11 in 30 minutes um his per 36 numbers would have been I don't have them up here I have the shitty ESPN stats I don't have the (laughs) the good you gotta use Um, nba.com forward slash stats yeah I like like basketball reference because it's just I don't know it's just it's more plain to me but I should go look at that because that would be a per 36 of so to your point about him like him scoring like 30-ish points per game right now the vegas odds uh they have him at plus 3700 to uh to be the um, regular season scoring champ which is obviously like not (laughs) it's it's uh even i i don't know let's see that's uh what three six nine he's 12th he's got the 12th best odds to lead the league in scoring um so I, i don't know i don't know if this necessarily means that he's he's going to be up there uh an interesting bet i guess right now would be uh has nothing to do with Embiid, but like um leading the league in assists ben simmons is second at plus hmm. 600 so that's kind of interesting but who do they got number one uh number one's uh westbrook so you go oh, westbrook yeah, at yeah. plus 150 then simmons at plus 600 tied with james harden which is interesting and at almost four times better odds than chris paul at 2300 so joel's, i don't know man like joel's per 36 uh sorry to interrupt i just found it on here before i lose it um 2017 2018 per 36 minutes he would have had 27 points and blah, 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 13 rebounds 27 to 13 as a per 36 last year i mean he would <laughs> only playing 63 games i mean yeah i i do think it's i think i think 30 and 10 is 
is achievable for him, honestly. I mean, you know what's really upsetting? If, if you, uh, so the MVP odds right now, he's ninth in MVP odds, plus 2,200 tied with uh, Kyrie Irving. Guess who's number one? Uh, LeBron, LeBron. No, James. it is. It's an Eastern conference player. Kawhi. No. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Giannis. Giannis nah. is plus 350. I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, this is FanDuel. On. I'm on FanDuel Sportsbook. Giannis. Um, Giannis is currently installed at number one, uh, plus 350 odds, followed by Anthony Davis and LeBron James at plus 410 each. Harden is uh, plus 550. Kawhi, who you mentioned before, who I I think is probably the best player in the conference. Is Giannis, if he's Giannis healthy, is not a top, plus not a top three Eastern Conference player right now. I mean, he can't be. Yeah, I, he, I don't know. The thing is, the guy, the guy can't really shoot. Right. So like, okay. So if, if we break this thing down, I, I don't know how far we want to go off the rails of uh non six <laughs> things here, be a but this like guy versus this guy versus what? No, and then no, it's going to be uh, Kobe versus Jordan versus LeBron versus LeBron. Then, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, well, here's the thing though. So Giannis, Giannis is going to have to absolutely drag his roster uh-huh. into the, into the postseason right now. They, yeah. they, they did get a better coach. They've got uh Bowden Hills are there. Well, that's so going to make a big difference. That's, that and, should make and a huge Chris difference. Middleton came on pretty strong last year. They have some decent players there. But They're no okay. Other, no other studs. But yeah. if, if there's a team in the East that has to, has to, has to, has to, you know, go, Hey Arnold here and pass the ball to Tucker, it has to be the Bucks to Giannis because I mean, Kawhi still has a, you know, a pretty, um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say they have a stacked starting lineup, but I think as a top to bottom roster, I think Toronto might be pretty much on par with what Boston has. Yeah. yeah. So Kawhi, Kawhi is certainly going to be a guy that's going to be featured. Um, Embiid is currently, like, you know, obviously on a team that they're gonna they're gonna focus on him a lot. But uh, I I think Embiid at plus twenty two hundred is not a bad bet. The whole thing really does come down to health. Now LeBron, LeBron not leading. Uh, in the clubhouse right now. LeBron is going to have to do the equivalent of what Giannis is going to have to do, plus be under the lights of Los Angeles every night and mm-hmm. leading that ragtag bunch of rascalians uh, to a you know hopeful playoff berth there. So I don't know. I don't know how you bet against LeBron right now. Yeah. Anthony Davis at, at 410 is interesting insofar as you know, they lost to Marcus Cousins and they replaced him with Julius Randle. They lost mm. Rajon Rondo. So I, I don't know, like they're going to obviously have to lean on Davis and Davis is good for, you know, I don't know, probably seven nights of 40 and 20. So, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's your, uh, there's your betting guide, well, I guess, so listen, for, uh, I, for these prop bets. So I don't think, you know, a lot of what I'm hearing is that I, I think a lot of people for whatever reason are saying like, well, how do they replace how do the Sixers replace Bellinelli and Ilyasova? And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, well, I mean, people understand, right, that they, what they did was they basically gave the they, the Sixers went from not having a bench at all to having two serviceable bench players. It's not it's not like, or you have to take anything away from what Ursan and Marco did last year, but it wasn't like they were fixing some. I mean, how do how do I put it? They were fixing a problem because they didn't have a bench, but it wasn't like they were like they were the missing piece or something. It's like they could have put anybody in there and it would have given them a bench, you know? Um, wish I had a better way to explain that, but you know what I'm saying? It's like when they were at the beginning of the season, they were rolling out Justin Anderson, a, a banged up Justin Anderson, Timmy Luau, Cabarrow, and TLC, and rest in peace, Jared Bayless, you know? So they, part of the reason was they went from no bench to all of a sudden having a bench. Now this year you got JJ Reddick coming off the bench or Markel Fultz coming off the bench. Uh, Landry Sham, it looks like a player. 
um, Wilson Shamit's, Chandler when he's Shamit's healthy. jumper Zyre is just Smith. silky. Yeah, it really silky is. Smooth. It really is. And um, Furkan Korkmaz it looks, has looked pretty damn good in his international games and some preseason games in summer league so far. So I think they really have a lot of decent shooting off the bench. I, I don't know defensively what those guys are going to be yet, but I think the biggest weakness right now for the Sixers is that uh, is in the backup big department. I mean, Amir Johnson to me is just – you know, if he's a guy, he's a guy. He's a guy. If he can hustle and grind and get some tough rebounds and, and, you know, kick it out to other people. Okay. Um, Mike Pascal, I mean, jury's still out on him on whether he can, he can do what Ursan Oyesova did last year. Um, you know, and we'll see what Chandler and Smith end up being. But I mean, when you look at the prognosis for the bench this year compared to last year, it's like night and day, you know? So I think when people are looking at the point totals and they say, well, they ended up, or the point totals, I'm sorry, the win totals and the over-under. Well, how did they get to 52 last year? Yes, it was with Marco and Ursan, but they also ran up against a bunch of tanking teams with an easy back half of the schedule that was that was loaded with home games, you know. This year's going to be a little bit different, you know. I think they're going to probably start a little bit stronger, and of course they're not going to win 16 in a row to end it because it's, it's a little harder on the back end. It's not going to be teams that are all like in the bucket trying to get high, high draft picks, so... As as people need to look at it that way, you know, it's like they went from not having anything on the bench to now they're to to Ursan and Marco. Yeah, you got rid of those guys, but now you actually do have a have a bench coming into this year. Yeah, that's the thing that I think is is hard here when when you look at the over under of like fifty three and a half or fifty four and a half, depending on where you're getting. That's it. a tough you know, number, man. That it really is because they had fifty two, and, and you're right, like they won sixteen straight to to end the season. And you know, I I, I listen to enough basketball podcasts from you know, nationwide angles. And of course, you know, I, I listen to ringer stuff. So I get to, to Bill listen to, Simmons. You're a to, huge Bill, Bill to Bill, Simmons to Bill Simmons, you know, uh, go off about how the, the Celtics are the most talented Bill teams. Simmons, it's like Bill Simmons the eighties like, or whatever. Yeah. They're going to win like 65 games. Yeah, like, it's all nonsense. Hear, but if you want to hear some guy who sounds like Jeff Spicoli. Oh, about the Boston Celtics all the time. It's your podcast. Are we sure? So the Philadelphia Irving, 76ers are going to be in the Eastern conference. Mr. Hand. Do you remember that one? Wait, say that again? Remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Did you get my Jeff Spicoli reference right there? I did, yes. Okay. I know who Jeff Spicoli okay. is. Thank you. I mean, the older I get, people It was well, it was well before him. my time, but yes, I, I do well, recognize You know what the worst the, uh, part the about getting old is, is that people don't understand your like, movie, the movie reference. Well, that too, but... Um, Incontinence. People don't understand your movie references. Like, There's fewer people who understand my half-baked lines, and there's fewer people that understand my, my black sheep lines. Um, Happy Gilmore was on the other day. I watched that. Um, mm. But that's the biggest indicator is that people listen to mumble rap and also they don't understand like the 90s movie lines, which is disappointing. Said, Do you me. love me? I told it only part. But yeah, I tried. Uh, anyway. No, 50. <laughs> listen, 50. That's a tough Dude, number. 50, man, 53 last, and a half or 54 and a half is rough. Last year, like, there's only four, only four teams who finished above that number. I mean, Toronto had 59. 59. Boston had 55, I know. And in the West, I mean, Golden State kind of just half for the first Houston. half. They have 57 or 58, I want to say. And then Houston. Houston was only 2 yeah, and 60 wins, I see. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Houston had 65. Toronto had 59. Golden State and Boston. Uh, Golden State had 58. Boston, 55. Oh. Uh, other teams that went over 50. Sixers, Sixers. with 52. That's it. And the Cavs uh, are at fifty. I, I hate that over under number. <laughs> it's like really, if I could bet the actual oh, number yeah, itself, 50, I yep. would. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that's why. Look, there there are two ways to look at this. I guess like this isn't a, a wager that I would touch under any circumstances. You've you've got two ways to look at this. Um, the the conference is weak, 
I mean, we said the conference was weak last year, but I, I think, you know, you lose LeBron James, the conference is weaker. Now, in a thing that I'm writing for the site right now, I do think that Cleveland is going to go over their projected win total of 30 and a half just by virtue of like if Kevin Love can stay healthy and mm-hmm. that that's a team that has a chip on their shoulder, but like they're not going to challenge for anything. So I, I, I don't know, man. You like, see what Sexton has to run running the point. For yeah, them, I mean, now, now on one hand, um, Budenholzer being the, the coach in Milwaukee, I think they're going to be a more legitimate threat than they were last year when they were coached by effectively like some stepdad who just wandered in off the side, like out of the stands <laughs> and like kind yeah, of stood, stood, yeah. stood, uh, stood on the sidelines, like but like rotation in the playoffs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, man, like when, when you look at it, the Knicks, okay. The Knicks have Chris Epps Porzingis coming off of, off a of bad knee injury, right? The Raptors are legitimate. So are the Celtics. The, the Nets are going to maybe take a step forward. The Bulls are kind of iffy. It's a Laurie Markkinen show. They also have like Jabari Parker and Zach Levine coming off of, um, you know, some disappointing yeah. early strides and, and some injuries. I don't know what to make of that team. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they could go one of two ways. Uh, the, the Pistons with, with Blake Griffin, a, a full season, you lose Stan Van Gundy. That's addition by subtraction. Okay. Indiana. Like, I'm not a big believer. I think they could be a decent team. All the depot. So like, can, can he, so, can he, can he repeat? Yeah. Like, so top, so top to bottom, who do you have, do you have, who you got finishing first in the East? First in the East should be Boston. And I think it's going to be by a considerable margin. I think the Raptors could probably end up being number two. I think they probably will, as long as Kawhi is healthy. Yeah. They have a deeper team than the Sixers. And I think if this is where I think, you know, some Philadelphia fans might go a little bit too homerish here. I love the Sixers. I think they're a lovely team. They have, you know, maybe two of the best five players in the entire conference. But the the bench depth that you know without knowing for sure you're you're going into the season as you already stated like really relying on Landry Shamit and Furkan Korkmaz to play significant minutes because Chandler's not healthy. Um, I, I still wonder how some of the pieces fit together. You know we haven't really talked all that much about what happens if Fultz and Simmons kind of hit you know a, a, an issue early in the season where their play isn't jiving so well together. Do you do you move Fultz back to that second unit point guard? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the Sixers probably finished third. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put Indiana at three. I think the Bucks, if Budenholzer ends up having the kind of impact that he might, like maybe they challenge for that fourth or fifth seed. The only other team that like really stands out as, as a potential threat to the top four, maybe Washington, if you think that Dwight Howard's going to come in and, and be better for them like than Martin Gortat was. I'm not totally sold on that. Yeah. If if the Heat get Jimmy Butler, okay, well then then maybe we're talking. I I don't know. I I think it's really a top four thing, like right. And and three of the top four teams all reside in the Atlantic Division: Sixers, Celtics, Raptors. Where did Gortat I'd... head off to anyway? Why can't I remember? Uh... Phoenix? Did he go to the Sun? No, he didn't go. To the no, Suns. that's he where came he came from. from. The Suns. Why can't I remember where the hell he went? Marjorie Gortat went to uh, the the Clippers. They oh, sent the Austin right. Austin Austin Rivers is now yeah Austin Rivers is now on the Wizards. Yeah. That was the trade. So um, listen, I would go. It's a bunch of guys who hate each other, though. Like John, John Wall and Austin Rivers are are guys who aren't necessarily the most liked. Especially Dwight Howard. He's had what four teams guys. now? Four, four straight like teams pain. have paid him to go away. <laughs> yeah. So you they know got, what I mean? They like got a, they got just enough guys on that Washington team to be like a pain in the ass, you know? Uh, yeah. Beal, Wall, Otto Porter. Beal's a good player. Ubre still on that team. That Sadoransky guy who sort of came on a little bit at the end of last year. I don't know, man. They're they're strange. I I I would say Boston number one. 
I don't. I don't really know what to expect from Toronto. Uh, I, if, if you're asking me, Toronto and the Sixers, I mean, it's not really a two and three. It's like a two A and a two B to me right now. You know, I know it's like a corny cop out. Well, they, that is a cop out because they don't do it like that, Kevin. Yeah, but you know, I haven't be seen a man. team play a regular be, season game this year. Be it's, a man. It's just as, it's the just sports as useless books. As, ra- as rating, you know, f- ranking college football teams before they play a damn game. So, but that's the why sports do- books for for what it's worth. The Raptors have slightly better odds of winning the division than the Sixers, plus two forty to plus. 375 respectively uh, but the con but the conference the sixers and raptors are even at plus 320 behind the celtics at minus 110 i don't think anybody can even name who's in the sixers division anyway does anybody is there anything less important than the division uh in basketball really. so i would say yeah. i'd say the pacers at four then probably the bucks at five beyond that i don't know like miami's just a team um you know if we see cleveland dropping out of the playoffs who's who's in I think like, Cleveland makes the playoffs as the eight seed. Think they make the playoffs as the eight seed. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Detroit didn't really. Think about how bad this conference is, Kevin. Know. Like, Detroit. Okay. Uh, all right. Go division Atlanta by division. Hawks. So we've got Trey, three. Trey we know. Young we know. <laughs> we know. That, stop. No. There. I actually have them as a lock to go under their number. Their uh, their over under is twenty three and a half or twenty four and a half, buying, depending on Fanduel or no. Year. Absolutely not. No. He's not even diet Steph Curry. He's like if diet caffeine free exists of Steph Curry, yeah. and then like you uh, watered it down with I don't know a little bit of seltzer water. <sighs> so okay, in the Atlantic, we know that the Sixers, Celtics, and Raptors go through. That's three. From the Central, we'll go with the Pacers, the Bucks, maybe the Pistons. That gets you to six. Do we go Heat and Wizards to round it out at seven man, and eight? There's like, some bad teams in, in there. Man. Do do the Heat Wizards and and maybe like the Cavs? Like, do they fight do for that see, eight do seed? We, do we see Porzingis and Kevin Knox doing anything in New York? I don't know. It it's hard because like the Vegas doesn't believe in the Knicks at all, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if I can blame I them. Like do we don't either. know we don't know what Porzingis is going to look like. I think Kevin Knox is a nice player. I think next year is a year for them to really go for to go after some free agents like Jimmy Butler. Um, but they're over under sitting at 28 and a half mm-hmm. and it looks like it's, it's heads up either way. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I believe in them. I don't think I do. Is it possible? Yeah. Like Porzingis is a really good player. When Porzingis is healthy, if he comes back to what he was probably a top five well, this, player in the conference, so does this top, I mean, does this, this is a chart do anything for you? It would be, God, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Trey Burke is probably their starting point guard, right? Yeah. Uh, Over Court, Frankie Nicotine? Courtney, I guess Courtney so. Lee. Um, oh, former Magic. Ennis Conter. Um, Tim Hardaway. Not being detained by the uh, Turkish officials. Good. Hardaway Jr. or Kevin Knox, whoever ends up playing small forward for them. Um, and then Porzingis and who they got on the bench, like Hazonia now, Moutier. It's uh, a weird team. That's a cast-off team if I've seen yeah, one. Yeah, I... Noah Vonley on that team now. Ron Baker. <laughs> God, I'm just trying to it's think It's a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird team. Yeah, I don't know. But like, compare the, compare the East and like the the scrap pile that we're trying to figure out to like cobble the whole thing together. Yeah. And then you look at the West, right? Like uh, teams that you can officially rule out in the West: the Kings. Yeah. Probably probably the Clippers. Uh, and, and that's Mavericks. it. Like those those are the only team. Well, the Mavs could be lower end of mediocre yeah but like teams that that are legit the warriors the lakers i think are going to be better than than vegas currently has them installed yeah as. i mean i'm looking last the suns year the suns are iffy that's... the suns the suns who just fired their gm yeah, after drafting deandre ayton trading for 
Mikel Bridges. Well, that Denver team last year too would have been like the sixth seed um, in the East. You know, I remember they were um, they finished like ten games above five hundred, <laughs> yeah. and, and ended up as like the ninth seed there. I think they lost out to Minnesota for the eighth seed. Yeah, they're just still. I mean, Minnesota, I, who was the third best team in the conference until Jimmy Butler went down. So like, big, I'm not big. It's on all weird, OKC. man. I'm not big on Oklahoma City. I don't think. Um, you know, the Spurs are unfortunately going to fall off after a lot of good years. You know, Portland didn't show well in the playoffs last year. A lot of people are high on Utah. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. That Lakers team, they can pass the hell out of the ball. I don't know if they can play any defense. I don't know if they have any shooting. I don't know if they need to. <laughs> but You know what I mean? Like be, they're they're going to outgun on a lot of teams. Yeah, they're going to be entertaining to watch. That's for sure. Um, I'll tune in. Hot take. Lakers go th- number three. Number three seed in the West nah. behind the Warriors and the Rockets. You think so? <laughs> I can't see them finishing any higher than like Bet sixth. against LeBron. Watch what happens. <clears throat> yeah, but that's a flawed team, man. I mean, what what is what is that what does that starting five look like at this point? Well, it's uh since I just wrote it up. It's probably Rajon Rondo over Lonzo Ball. Um Wrong. you've got KCP or Josh Hart at the two. I mean you can't you've got, you're gonna you've got LeBron, JaVale, Brandon JaVale. Brandon Brandon Ingram. You probably have Ingram being backed up by Kuzma, probably JaVale McGee at the five or Zubic. So yeah. I mean, is it, is it a weird they roster? Got the big goofy yeah, German guy from um, Michigan too. Uh, Wagner, yeah, Wagner. yeah, Wagner's there. Lonzo, KCP, LeBron, KCP is a stupid contract. JaVale. One year, twelve million dollars doesn't make sense. They're kind of weird too because they have some second string guys who are like decent, but they don't have like a. I don't know. I see like LeBron and then everybody else. Like there's a big most gulf improved from, from from their first. I mean Ingram's good. I don't know. Most improved player is going to be Brandon Ingram. They also drafted that goofy Ukrainian dude from Kansas who killed West Virginia every single time we played him. Um, look. You make it sound like uh, West Virginia is good at basketball. That's funny. Well, we gave Villanova the best run uh, out of anybody in the tournament. So, but don't let facts get in the way of a good story i don't know man it's interesting i i'm at least intrigued i i think the the biggest thing about it is that at least you know the east is going to open up a little bit now without lebron's dominance there so so that's probably you know as much as i, I loved watching the warriors play this year i did i didn't need to see warriors uh calves part five you know and i don't think anybody did so lebron going to the west was kind of a blessing in disguise in that in that you know, in that area, but I think inevitably it's probably going to come down to the same damn thing. You know, it's probably going to be Sixers and Celtics in the playoffs, you know, and I think people are obviously going to overreact to whatever the hell happens on Tuesday. You know, if the Celtics win, everybody in all the Brett Brown, fire Brett Brown after game one, you know, and if the Sixers win, everybody's going to say, oh, well, they're the team to beat now, you know, when yeah, really it's, you know, that series last year, people seem to forget that that Boston team was coming off playing in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, and Philly had a bunch of dudes who'd never been in the playoffs before and a coach who had never coached as a head coach in the playoffs before. So I, th- I think that was a huge underrated thing that a lot of people weren't talking about. I mean, they got time to figure it out this year, and if they can't understand what the hell Boston's doing to them or they can't find a better way to attack it, then, you know, you can start all that shit. But last year, to me, it was a big wash. I think people keep talking about that over and over and over again. It was one playoff series uh, in a course of 90-whatever games that they played last year. So... Dawn of a new day, Russ. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. 
Anything else you want to uh, hit on in the NBA before we uh, wrap up here? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I'm optimistic. I, I I'm looking forward to to covering this team again. They were fun to watch last year. They were um, they're all a bunch of good dudes. Brett Brown's great. Always a good quote. Um, very good with the media. Um, yeah, I hope it just doesn't become the same shit as it was last year. Hey, Ben, when are you going to take a shot? Or, you know, Markel, what's this or what's that? I thought it was very interesting that Elton Brand came out and uh, got in front of the Mike Mascala's dad thing uh, because nobody yeah. knew a damn thing about it um, until it happened. I was sitting there on Saturday like, what the fuck is this? What did Mike Mascala's dad say? And then, you know what, by the time I got around to it and the statement was already out, I'm like, okay, well, they've diffused the situation before it turned into a situation, you know? And I thought that was a huge step forward for them because, you know, last year I think people, you know, it's easy to lose. They won 52 games. It's easy to lose track of, you know, the idea that last year was marred by a lot of, like, communication bullshit and Brian Colangelo bullshit and Markel Fultz bullshit and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a clean slate with Elton Brand in there, and hopefully it's just going to be about basketball from here on out. Um, it's crazy to think how well they did last year, considering all that stuff that was stacked against them and all of the, you know, a couple of times that they shot themselves in the foot with those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, there's really nothing to talk about, but, but basketball, hopefully moving forward. Cause I'm sick of asking and, uh, transcribing the same questions and quotes for the last month. You know, I will not let you sit here and slander the good the good uh, beat writers of the Philadelphia area with your nonsensical assertions They would say the same damn things as I do. I'm sure they're getting sick of asking the same stuff too. But the beauty of it is that we only have like two weeks of that, whereas the Eagles beat reporters ask about Carson Wentz's knee for like two and a half months, you know? So it just, things will move more rapidly when the season starts. But uh, there's been a lot of availability, which we appreciate, but it's not, it's not totally necessary. Well, look, we have uh, we have one season to get through here until the uh, Sixers uh, sign Anthony Davis. Well, they're currently sixth <laughs> in the uh, Vegas the Vegas odds to sign Anthony yeah, Davis yeah, yeah. at uh, ten to one. Uh, first on that list, of course, is Boston at two to one. Here's the problem, and I, I don't mean to sound like a total downer. I'm not trying to, I promise. But I th- I think there's a very realistic possibility that next year Boston is able to add Anthony Davis, and um, mm. that's that's not good under any circumstances for the Sixers. Now, maybe it works out to be a sign and trade. They send like Gordon Hayward away because uh, they they'll need to clear some cap to make Davis fit. But like if, if Anthony Davis ends up on Boston, Sixers better have some, uh, some real, real uh, bullets for, for the, uh, well, yeah, I mean, free everybody class wants next to talk year. To, and I don't, I'm, I know like fans like to look at things in a certain way and, you know, you'll, will tend to, you know, make things better than they seem or make things worse than they seem. But when you line up those 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 two teams, I mean, Philly's got more than enough talent to beat Boston for sure. Um, you know, to me, it's about leveling the playing field with the experience and understanding what you're up against now. You know, I think that was as much, like I said, that was as much of it as anything. All these people saying, oh, Brett Brown doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the Sixers were like a year and a half removed at that point from, you know, being awful. <laughs> so really this was their first go around where Boston's kind of like in the middle of their run to the to the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. So I remember this is the same Boston team that went out and got ragged by a, a crappy Cavs team too, you know. So then they add of course they add Kyrie and they add Gordon Hayward, but I do think there's something to the narrative of you got to re- you got to reintroduce those guys, you know. It's, it's not to say that it's going to make them worse. They're not going to be worse with those guys, but they, but yes, they have to re um 
I don't know. They've got to work them back in into it. You know, they're going to play a little bit differently. You know, they're going to have to 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 figure out how they're going to move on the floor and how they're going to share the ball with different guys. Because even though they were banged up last year and it's a different team, that that different team understood each other. So yeah, there's a little bit to the narrative for sure. But we'll find out how much tomorrow. Amen. It'll be exciting. I'm I'm very excited for another start of the basketball season. Yeah, let's just play the damn game. This- the start of hockey has been nice. The start of basketball mm-hmm. to uh, to alternate nights. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be should be a good season. Absolutely. Um, what do you think the odds are that the Sixers try to uh, get involved in the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes? Do you think there's any chance? Uh, no, and I hope it's zero because I just don't think that's what you need right now. Um, I mean, he's a talented player, of course, but I mean, you know what to do. I mean, yeah. Imagine adding Jimmy Butler and his uh, constant penchant for for hating on young players who doesn't perceive working hard enough. Yeah, Imagine right. adding that to a uh, locker room. Well, that, that doesn't Markel solve Fultz. the problem. Well, well, then Markel goes right back to the bench, and you need to find out now whether he's part of this this triad of uh, you know Ben Simmons and Fultz and Embiid. And, and if it's not, then you can cut ties on it halfway through the season. But you do you have to do the experiment before you can say you have a result, you know? Yep. All right. Well, I I guess uh, guess that's it. I'll do it. It was fun, man. I feel I feel good. Yeah. I feel good about the no, NBA season. Should, I think the Sixers have a Sixers have a people good People should. People should. Like I know that there weren't a ton. Well, there were expectations last year, but I mean everything. It was sort of last year was sort of like a gap year if you think about it. Like you know you're going to college, but you're gonna take a year to kind of piss around and backpack across the world first you know <laughs> find yourself in croatia <laughs> yeah exactly you're gonna end up in uh zagreb uh while figuring out what you want to do with your life so i think last year the sixers kind of found out what they wanted to do with their life their main failure was not finding out what the hell markel Fultz is but if they establish that within the first five or ten or fifteen games this year and, and win a bunch of games uh then good then they're on track uh you know but it's it's different you know expectations are going to be higher this year and people aren't going to be able to go as easy on brett brown um, I was pro Brett Brown last year. I thought he did a really good job. It's going to be different this year if they don't win because it's not the, – the training wheels are off. I mean, now now this is win, go to the Eastern Conference Finals, or else it's a disappointment. I mean, that's the honest truth. That's not me you know, saying that – you know, setting expectations way too high. I mean, when you look at what the East is, there's no reason why they shouldn't be there. This is, uh, the, I guess, the last thought I have. Um, I, I'm, very, I'm very nervous about – the concept of Kawhi finding success with Toronto. Um, because I know that there was a lot going into this offseason about Kawhi wanting to be in a bigger market. I think Toronto is a bigger market than um, than San Antonio was. It seems like so far things are good. It is, but if that's he ends not up a, finding, if, really if he ends up finding, if he finds some success, if they you know end up being the number two seed, say they knock the Sixers out of the playoffs and, and Kawhi ends up re-signing their long-term, that to me is worst case scenario for the Sixers here. Um, just because I think, like I said before, Toronto, I think right now, top to bottom is a deeper team than the Sixers are. Maybe not better at at every position, but I think just overall depth-wise, they give Boston a better run in a seven-game series. But, you know, your, your hope if you're the Sixers has to be that you do enough to try to entice one of these guys that are going to be a free agent after twenty the 2018-19 season to uh, think about coming in and, and giving it a go. And so if you're a Sixers fan... You know, you're probably going to be keeping an eye on guys like Kawhi this season and Clay Thompson, who's probably going to resign with Washington, with uh, with Golden State. But I, I don't know. 
I'm I'm kind of thinking like this season to me. I it's it's weird. It's almost like how people always say the Sixers or the uh, the Flyers are like two years away from being two years away. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the Sixers team is. I feel like I'm going to keep thinking in my mind that they're a year away from being a year away. And I, and while I do expect them to take some strides, I'm not sure if they're going to hit the win total that they had last year. And I, I'm expecting that plenty of people calling into sports talk radio are going to be upset. And that throughout the season, you know, this team hits the skids from time to time. I, I feel like the calls for Brett Brown's job are, are going to be pretty loud. Yeah. And I don't really know if there's anything that he's going to be able to do to kind of, you know, write this thing or, or, you know, take those detractors and throw them away. But like, you know, if you get three games in the season, the team's like one and two or, or own three, you know, that the calls are going to be there. Well, and it's interesting. If they, I mean, you know you what know I mean? What like, split, I, you know what the split was like last year with like the pro process people and then the anti process people who were just coming back on the bandwagon who thought that Brett Brown was a shitty coach and thought Robert Covington was a shitty player and stuff like that. You know, versus people versus process people. Are we who sure Robin Covington's actually a good versus player? process people who think who overrate Robert Covington and maybe they overrate Brett Brown too. But it's such a weird dynamic within the Sixers fan base. I mean, if you want to describe it that way, versus what you get everywhere else. And I think that's also part of the problem too, because it, it is kind of uh, this dichotomy of people who came from the last three or four or five years versus versus people who are just getting back on the bandwagon now, who are maybe maybe watch the Sixers from two thousand three to two thousand. 12 when they were okay but not that good you know um so yeah that is going to be interesting it really is going to be interesting um but i but i don't know i i mean i think i don't i don't know you know when, when people talk about like well brett brown's got to help him cut down on the turnovers or they got to do this or they got to do that i mean he's people have to understand that brett brown ha- likes his offense he likes the way the defense is set up they're going to run the floor they're going to pass the ball um, they're going to run a lot of dribble handoff, A to B motion stuff. It's it's not – they are not going to just start throwing middle pick and rolls <laughs> and slowing the game down. Like, if they fail, you know, they're going to fail doing – sticking to Brett Brown's guns, you know, so don't expect them to be anything different than they are. Uh, and I think that's where people kind of – that's where I kind of roll my eyes at the Brett Brown critics because it's not that – if you want to criticize – him for not doing a good job it's the structure and the philosophy of trying to make the Sixers like the Warriors you know um but they've they have personnel that does not fit um what the Minnesota Timberwolves do so just people got to structure it the right way if they're going to be critical of them you know this is the Sixers are not trying to be a a slow you know deliberate iso pick and roll team that's just not what they are um and guess what the Warriors turned the ball over like 15 times a game last year too and they won it all for the third time in four years so people just got to understand what they're watching and hopefully if they read some shit on crossing broad i can help them through it so mm. you're gonna usher us through the uh through the well, season I'll usher you and through the season and into a new era of basketball and your philadelphia. team your town your philadelphia 76ers <laughs> it is gonna be exciting it i i don't know we'll see we'll I see how it goes. i hope it's not too i hope as long as people go with much. like with, with quasi-realistic expectations i think we're gonna i think it'll okay. still be fun, it'll you, still be fun think, where people aren't going to be like you know wanting to um go nuts after every single loss or every single close or whatever it's going to be more scrutinized this year for sure but i mean hopefully everybody takes a step back and at least can uh you know enjoy the ride anyway i do think there's going to be one thing that's going to happen this season that people aren't totally expecting so, like the eagles have found out that when you're the reigning champ everybody gives you their best effort every night and I think because this Eastern Conference has been so maligned, I, I think that anybody that goes up against Boston, Toronto, and, and Philadelphia are going to give their best effort every night. So teams like you know the Hawks, who should be god-awful, I think Trey Young is going to go 
you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Maybe he takes like 20, 23s in a game to try to, you know, will his team to victory. I don't know. But I, I guess we'll see. I, I think this the Sixers team, they're not going to be able to catch anybody off guard. And, you know, I think this is going to be a totally different mindset for this team mm-hmm. going into the season is, is, you know, what do you do when you're a favorite within your conference? One of the preeminent teams in your conference. Can you rise to that occasion? And, you know, are you able to utilize some of your vets to take a little bit of pressure off of, you know, the rookies that, you know, you're expecting a lot of? We shall see. We will see. Uh, don't forget to go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Cross Up Affiliates Podcast with Anthony and Bob. Snow the Goalie with uh, Anthony and myself. We, uh, we've been down at every Flyers home game so far, so we'll be breaking that down. I, I think we're going to both try to make it to Tuesday night's game. There's a, a big giveaway. It's a Jake Voracek, Chia Pet, Grow a Beard thing. It's really cool. I've got it sitting on my uh, my kitchen counter right now, waiting for it to, to begin to grow. Um, go check out It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia with Kevin Kincaid, who you heard on this fine episode of Crossing Broadcast. And of course, Crossing Broad FC with Phil Kaidel and myself. And it's, uh, there you go, the five shows of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. Go check them out and uh, rate them five stars, write reviews, do all the good things. And of course, a big thank you as always to our sponsors, Amerigas and Tropicana Sports. So, for Kevin, at Kevin underscore Kincaid, I'm Russ, at Joy on Broad. Thanks for listening as always, and we will be back later this week.